Disclaimer. I would like to begin by addressing the fact that I am a white person, and that since I will be discussing events that are happening in a culture that I do not have lived experience of, I recommend that listeners seek out own voice educators for more information. No offence is intended towards people of any faith or none. Masa Amini was a 22-year-old Kurdish Iranian. Her Kurdish name was Sahina. She was going to attend university with the goal of becoming a lawyer. On the 13th of September 2022, she was visiting Tehran with her family. She was arrested violently by the guidance patrol for a perceived breach of the hijab head-covering rules. Her family were told that she would be released in an hour after re-education by the Moral Security Agency. Women that were held with her have reported that she was severely beaten and verbally abused while detained. She was moved to Castro Hospital two hours later. She was in a coma for two days before dying on the 16th of September as a result of injuries sustained in police custody. This act is being held up as an example of the violence that the state commits against Iranian women on a regular basis. Wind Up Doll by Fora Farakazad Translated by Shole Wolpe. Even more, oh yes, one can remain silent even more. Inside eternal hours, one can fix lifeless eyes on the smoke of a cigarette, on a cup's form, the carpet's faded flowers, or on imaginary writings on the wall. With stiff claws, one can whisk the curtains aside, look outside, it's streaming rain. A child with a balloon bouquet cowers beneath a canopy. A rickety cart flees the deserted square in haste. One can remain fixed in one place here beside this curtain, but deaf, but blind. With an alien voice utterly false, one can cry out, I love, in the oppressive arms of a man. One can be robust, beautiful, female, Skin like leather tablecloth, breasts large and hard. One can stain the sinlessness of love in the bed of a drunk, a madman, a tramp. One can cunningly belittle every perplexing puzzle. Alone, occupy oneself with crosswords, content with unimportant words. Yes, unimportant letters, no more than five or six. One can spend a lifetime kneeling, head bowed before the cold altar of the imams, find God inside an anonymous grave, faith in a few paltry coins. One can rot inside a mosque's chamber, an old woman, prayers dripping from lips. Whatever the equation, one can always be a zero, yielding nothing, whether added, subtracted, or multiplied. One can think your eyes are buttons from an old ragged shoe, caught in a web of anger. One can evaporate like water from one's own gutter. With shame, one can hide a beautiful moment, like a dark, comic, instant photo, rammed deep into a wooden chest. 
Inside a day's empty frame, one can mount the portrait of a condemned, a vanquished, a crucified. Cover the gaps in the wall with silly, meaningless drawings. Like a wind-up doll, one can look out at the world through glass eyes, spend years inside a felt box, body stuffed with straw, wrapped in layers of dainty lace, with every salacious squeeze of one's hand. For no reason, one can cry, Ah, how blessed, how happy I am. In Martin Chuglov's article for The Guardian, he asserts that this death may have triggered a groundswell of popular revolt. While the state is suppressing digital attempts to raise awareness by shutting down the internet, there are many in the Iranian diaspora who are speaking out at personal cost. The story presented by officials was initially that Masa Amini had died from a combination of a heart attack and an epileptic fit. Her family have stated that she did not have either condition. Later, officials stated that conspirators were responsible for her death and that the subsequent protests were organised by outside forces. These excuses have been used before to explain other suspicious deaths. Nightmare by Asiya Amini My home, my room, my bed, my lips. Even the frame of this shut window smells of gunpowder. How many times have I told you, don't come to my dream with a gun? Nazarin Parvaz explains that this movement has been joined by people across the generational and class boundaries. These protests are the result of pent-up fury towards the regime's systematic suppression of women's rights. For older activists, it also carries the weight and trauma of previous uprisings. Nazarin Parvaz has first-hand experience of the ways that the state treats protesters after she was arrested and tortured in 1982. After horrific treatment and her death sentence being commuted, she fled to the UK in 1990. She asserts that these traumas experienced by Iranian women are present in this new struggle for freedom. Demonstrations began in Tehran on September the 16th. According to Patrick Wintour, protests began in the Kurdish regions on the 17th of September after Masa Amini's funeral. These included women burning their hijabs and cutting their hair. The protests have spread and now include university students and children that left school to attend. The chant of woman, life, freedom is frequently heard. Nazarin Pavas goes on to tell us that the regime have responded by killing protesters, including children. Others have been brutally detained and arrested. Their families do not know where they have been taken. Some bodies have been returned to their families with evidence of extreme violence. Many of the protesters know that if they gave up and turned back, there would still be another massacre, and they would be killed anyway. Take Care of Yourself by Elham Malikpur Arashlu Then I thought, I'm holding a knife. I thought, it's the same knife that stabbed on my back. It would be good if it was my father's blade. There was not a hair separating us when he pulled out my eye. I found I could live a meeker life with only one eye. Even two eyes is not so odd. With the next move, he was a tribal traveller. 
one single body could be the answer to all of my questions. The sky, of course, was blue, but he didn't wash his hands so smeared in me. I checked his pockets. To scratch him, I pulled on hippo skin, said, Friendship is a sorrowful affair, said, It's not possible at all that out of water, biting into the sandwich alone over the bench could transform us into a bed. I promised to not utter a word of that knife. I won't. When I looked, I thought, my father has no hair at all, so it could be razor. It shook in my hand, but I was determined to think of the next accident. The girl that I am, I am somebody's son. Maybe when its memory returns, now, even though the hair, wherever there is life within hands. A wholesome woman sings lullabies to my son's sigh to lull him to sleep. She'll see that same thing playing behind her back now is within her hands, throwing a game. When I think of it, she was with a white horse, a mountain in the mid of her eyebrows, when, over her body, there was the yellowish of the daytime, there was the red rim around my eyes, there was grass so that we don't have to sit on the bench, there was the slot. Then an incident happened. I was a wholesome woman. I was the foam over the beer. I was the Adidas sneakers. Egg yolk was soft. I was strong. I'd lasted long. Rana Rampur for the BBC highlighted the striking similarities between the female-led protests of 1979 and those happening now. Their cause has remained the same despite the many years between these groups of protests. The women of 1979 were protesting the then-recently imposed strict dress code. It was not only enforced legally, but by social pressure, with shops requiring women to wear headscarves. It was the beginning of the government stripping away their liberty. Women have since demonstrated subtle resistance in everyday life by wearing the scarves loosely, allowing their hair to show. In 2018, women began publicly taking their headscarves off and waving them like flags. These were individual and important acts of courage. The waving of headscarves has remained a symbol of defiance. It is not just this new generation that takes issue with these mandates. They fought against their loss of rights then, and the recent atrocities have galvanised that fight again now. Patrick Wintour tells us that as of the 10th of October, the protests have begun affecting the oil industry, with more than a thousand workers at Boucher and Damavand petrochemical plants going on strike. Many medical experts and lawyers have issued statements appealing to the state to demonstrate restraint when handling protesters. The British and US governments have announced sanctions against the Iranian Morality Police and the National and Tehran Commanders. 5.7 by Sheena Kalbasi. I don't care if you are you and I am I. I'm not some exotic flower. Whatever coat you have on, I will put it on to warm me. And the shoes, however small, I will walk in them to balance our height difference. You don't need to convert for me. I've already converted to you. You see, I never had a religion to begin with. I was born naked from all religions but your love. I know that was not the point. I know there was no conversation. 
There is no coat, no balance, no shoes, but the naked truth of me finding you first, not you finding me. You, whom will never know who I was when I was sitting on the white sheets. You, not beside me. And the words that are already written, the words that are already said, are already felt and are already gone. And I try to take them back into my empty bowl of hands, to put my hands on the chest, the chest into rest, the rest into the heart, to beat back to the soul, the soul back to what it was before you. Alas, I am 5.7. When things like this happen, it can be hard to know what to do. Solkir Berger, writing for Time, and Roya Backland, for Stylecaster, had some helpful recommendations. There are several organisations that you can donate to, including the Centre for Human Rights in Iran, CHRI, or the Abraman Boromand Centre for Human Rights in Iran, or the Iranian Diaspora Collective, if there is a protest near you, then you can show support for Iranian women by attending. Since the Iranian government is limiting its citizens' access to social media, you can help by educating yourself and raising awareness of these protests and the reasons for them. Our Tears Are Sweet by Simin Behabani Translated by Farzena Milani and Kave Safa Our tears are sweet, our laughter venomous. We're pleased when sad and sad when pleased. We wash one hand in blood and the other we wash the blood off. We cry as we laugh at the futility of both of these acts. Eight years have passed. We haven't discovered their meaning. We have been like children beyond any account or accounting. We have broken every stalk like a wild wind in the garden we have picked clean the vine's candelabra, and if we found a tree still standing defiantly, we cut its branches, we pull it by the roots. We wished for war. It brought us misery. Now, repentant, we wish for peace. We pulled the wings and heads from bodies. Now, seeking a cure, we are busy grafting. Will it come to life? Will it fly? The head we attach, the wings we stitch. Nazarin Parvaz states that she is afraid for her fellow Iranians, but hopeful that they will succeed in overthrowing the abusive regime. I will end with a message that was shared with me. Don't let people like Massa think that they are once again alone in their struggle for freedom. This has been a Yorick Radio production.